the floor creaks, the door squeaks. There's a field mouse a nibbling on a prune, and I sit by myself like a cobweb on a shelf by myself in a Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rendition Pod, where we like to talk about uh, sometimes good books being made into sometimes good movies. Who knows? Um, uh, today, we're going to be talking about I'm Thinking of Ending Things, a very surreal book and movie uh, about, mm, on the surface, uh, a woman goes on a road trip to go see her newly minted boyfriend's parents, and things get weird. Uh, taking us from the movie angle, we've got Judith. Judith. Hello. Can you say hello? I missed you. Listen. Mm-hmm. These fucking people thought mm-hmm. they could cancel me. <laughs> they tried to kick me off the podcast. They said, they said Pfizer and Moderna will never sponsor us if you keep running your mouth and saying all this filthy shit every single episode. So they took me out to Belterra Casino in Indiana mm-hmm. and they got me loaded. They filled me up a shrimp cocktail and <laughs> they tried to drown me in the pool. But listen, unfortunately the pool was only, it was under construction. It was, it was only like a foot deep. We kind of messed that up. We didn't confirm on First that. of all, they didn't expect Jude Brown to be such a proficient gambler. So when I turned $80 <laughs> uh-huh. into six grand, their minds were blown. Mm-hmm. Also, they didn't think that all of the cocktail waitresses would actually want to sleep with me. So uh, no, well, we knew I, that things I, quickly turned against the them. Record. No, we did know that. We yeah. just, we kind of hoped that you would be distracted enough. But listen, by that. after a, after after a um, after a brief absence, mm-hmm. I have returned. Jude Brown is back, and I just want to tell you that the internet is broken, like the corpse of a massive blue whale mm-hmm. floating down through darker, colder levels of the ocean. Uh huh. Yeah. As more obscure, terrifying, translucent creatures come out to feed off of its corpse. Yeah. That's us. And this is the vibe we have for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Honestly, it's pretty on brand. So, you know, <laughs> here we are. Uh, Ashley, my darling, uh, it is, uh, yeah, you. we got you for the book. We got you for the book. You read this book. No, I did I did see the movie first. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, right. I, for once, I have seen both the movie and read the book. Oh, amazing. Okay. That's great. Um, all right. So, uh, I think. Wait. Well, my name's. Judah Bruno, Judah and Bruno. I'm a rabies researcher. Oh, then what are you doing here? Visiting my boyfriend's parents. <laughs> but wait, I thought you were a poet. Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so speaking of which, what uh, yeah, what do you think of that movie? What do you think of that movie, baby? So this is a Charlie Kaufman joint. He directed Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Everybody's favorite movie to watch halfway through um, a second date. Mm-hmm. Um, he also oh. directed Synecdoche, New York, which some people consider to be one of the greatest films of the early aughts mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course. He also directed Adaptation and a couple of other things, and he just does, he generally does a pretty good job. Yeah. This is a feature he made for Netflix. So mm-hmm. I was expecting, you know, kind of 
I was expecting him to have sort of carte blanche to do whatever he wanted, and I was excited for that. Yeah. Um, but I did not hear great things about it going into it. Um, I guess it was a good Charlie Kaufman movie. Okay. I thought it was... Um, originally, I tried to watch it. I got 30 minutes into it. Um, she started reading the, the poem, Bone Dog, in the mm-hmm. car, yeah. and I just turned it off. No! I was like, this is so fucking stupid. Oh, I was no. like, this is awful. I was like, I don't want to watch... Mm-hmm. Two hours and thirty minutes of this bullshit. Right. Um, uh, up till then, a, it had just been was that a poem? Terrifyingly trite. No, it wasn't. Yeah. No, it oh, was okay. just I just hated I just hated both those characters. Okay. I was like, yeah. why is there a movie about these people? I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Oh, I don't have time for this. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then I looked it up and I heard there was like sort of like a horror element or kind of like a psychological thriller element to it. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, I'll go back to it, knowing yeah. that I was expecting like. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind Part 2, mm-hmm. but, like, sad, Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess, um, th- honestly, that's a good description. Like, yeah, so there's this woman. She gets picked up by her boyfriend. They're going to visit his parents, and much like uh, Charlie Kaufman movies, there's kind of this, like, vague placelessness about it. Like, it's kind of, like, vaguely just, like, the Midwest. Um, mm. and, uh, she's, I don't know why. I, I took it in the impression that they were somehow like in a farmy part of California. But I think that's just because I assume everything produced by Hollywood is <laughs> in California. Ashley has some weird object permanence issues where she's like, okay, if the movie was produced in Hollywood, that means it must, that must, that must mean it takes place in Hollywood. Oh, there's only um, two places in the world. In LA well, let me tell you, let me tell you, Ash, that puts you about, that puts you a light year beyond most of the people talking about movies on Twitter. So whoa, yeah. Um, anyways, so she gets picked up. They're going to, and she's like, "God, she's just like, I guess, some insufferable hipster bitch." And like, she's having this internal monologue where she's like, "Yeah, my boyfriend's fine. I guess she's he's he's okay. He's nice. He's nice enough. He cares about my work. He's very sweet." And she's basically, I'm like, "Okay, well, he sounds like a great. He sounds like a great guy." Mm-hmm. She's got she's got she's got the vibes of. Um, Somebody like on like TikTok, uh, like a like kind of like a goth e girl type. That's like I don't date cis white boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know like mm-hmm. on the Instagram, their selfies are all like with some dude named Caden, right? Oh, you know, yeah, like yeah, she okay, kind of has yeah. those vibes, right? Like oh, she's okay. always gonna like come. She's she's gonna complain about dating. She's gonna complain about being straight for clout on the internet. Like okay. men are trash, but you know. Right. Um, so she's kind of like that. She's just doesn't. She's not very likable. And I'm like, why? is this character this way um and, and you'll, 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 you'll figure that it. out later you'll figure out why why right. is she that way so she's having Spoiler this dialogue alert. she's having this dialogue with herself like she's like my boyfriend is so excited he's taking me to meet his parents yeah. right um but i'm thinking of ending things mm-hmm. um does that make me a bad person should i be doing this and she's like kind of like mm-hmm. um just like humoring him kind of like being sort of patronizing to him in the car ride mm-hmm. um being a little snippy yeah and I, that's I, kind of like the that's kind of like the um uh, kind of like the uh, beginning the, of the, the of this, vibe. Yeah, yeah. this it's, whole joint. It, it's very like claustrophobic in the car. It's yeah. very like you, you get know. the impression that he can hear what she's saying to herself in her head, which is which is again okay. Spoiler yeah. alert, friends. Um, yeah, she's uh, she's the imagining of the boyfriend. Uh, only the boyfriend yeah. is you know middle aged and uh, is thinking of ending things. So like this. All of this is just a, it has a double meaning. Oh my god! Uh, and so she's she's a 
she's a caricature of a person yeah like of of what is seen as uh the yeah. one that got away which is kind of funny yeah it has it has kind of like some of the it has like fun charlie kaufman things to it's, it right it's like it's fun. like yeah but like even his his uh imaginary girlfriend is mean to him i think that's a very funny aspect Oh, yeah, I, I didn't really. Yeah. I got the impression that the character. I didn't really get the impression of like Instagram e girl, but maybe because I don't have a lot well, she, of. She, 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 she doesn't people. look like an e girl, but, but you know, she like does she's, come up, but she does yeah. come off as pretentious. But mm-hmm. like, yeah. like yeah. they're both kind of equally yeah. unlikable in that regard. <laughs> well, so well, yeah, that's the thing. He puts her on a on such a pedestal that like she. I don't know. Of course, she's going to look down on him like this imaginary mm-hmm. person that he uh, sees himself as trying to like, uh, you know, achieve or get to. And she's pretentious. Of course, she's pretentious. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, especially if he uh, thinks of himself as such a high intelligence that he, you know, knows himself to be. So he's like, oh, God, I'm insanely smart, but she must be a fucking rocket scientist. Like, obviously, she'd think I'm trash. But um, yeah, Jesse Plemons. And mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons is very good in this. I mean, yeah, yeah. in this movie, he's oh, yeah. he's he's always good. I yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of him uh, except for that one episode of um, Black Mirror. Like he'll always have my heart for that. Um, just yeah. so good, so good. I'm not I'm not good with oh, that. Oh yeah, really yeah, the the Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways, um, yeah. Uh, it's got like all the Charlie, it's got all the classic like Charlie Kaufman things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like doing some genre bending, doing some like medium bending mm-hmm. even, you know? Yeah. Um, and like all of the like really heavy handed like surrealist shit that kind of worked a lot better in Synecdoche, New York and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. And here it kind of just seems like he's like dragging out like all the old tricks, right? Like there's this. So, so what we're seeing basically is this like fantasy that this like old janitor character is having mm-hmm. and he is like kind of inexplicably popping up in the middle of this narrative about this girl going to visit her boyfriend's parents. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mean, on a second watch or if you watch very closely, you pick up that, you know, this is going on in his head. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a sad, tired old janitor guy um, mm-hmm. reliving his youth uh, and he decides to kill himself at the end of the show by... Um, just staying in his car in the cold with the heat off, right? So he just freezes himself to death. Right, right. So there's this, like, recurring image of, like, this car in the snow getting covered by snow throughout, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of struck me at first as, like, kind of... I was like, okay, Charlie Kaufman. Like, okay, here's, like, your mm-hmm. TM-branded Charlie Kaufman moments oh, here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we all have, like, images and aesthetics that we, like, yeah. know how to use yeah. and, like, uh, resonate with us. Um, so yeah, I can so, see that. Yeah, so the beginning is really rough because I didn't... I guess I, I guess I didn't get it. I was like, this is just so, <laughs> yeah. this sucks. But um, so then they get to his parents' house after so long um, and he lives in the middle of nowhere. His parents are like some rural kind of wackos. Um, and then what proceeds is like the meet the parents from hell, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're moving through, they're moving through time mm-hmm. in his parents' house. Right, right. His parents are aging and mm-hmm. de-aging and mm-hmm. appearing at different times throughout their lives. Right. Um, what doesn't change is his shitty attitude towards them, basically. Right, um, yeah. They seem to be really kind of nice enough people, really. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe a little quirky, is, mm-hmm. you know, but they... 
seem what i kind of liked you know, was like okay so t- like watching yeah. tony collette do yes tony collette is, and david mm-hmm. Thewlis. Mm-hmm. yeah so that's mm-hmm. nice i love it but like okay so the mother character really kind of intrigued me because like so she starts off as just like being very loving and supportive and she's uh opening up her home and then like it kind of descends into this very like obsequious kind of like insecure relationship um where it just <laughs> the she's uh and it just gets worse and worse and worse until finally she's like bedridden with dementia and you're like oh no so i don't know it all uh these are all just like snapshots of lifetime trauma that's just playing out so i don't know i kind of i'm kind of curious like what what led to that like complete and utter attitude change and like uh would you have been able to see it in its slow crawling kind of iteration uh or you know maybe it's because they were such snapshots the um well yeah so if we're like in the janitor's head right this so like fantasy it. of like the relationship he never got to have yeah, with yeah. this person he never I also, got to I love mean, I right in, i kind of interpreted all of this as being like he's already actively dying like oh no for film. sure yeah so yeah this yeah is, this, this is, is like, kind of like the brain shutting yeah this down. is like the, the dmt going off right yeah so yeah, you know yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's trying to have like this fantasy right but it keeps getting disturbed by like his parents aging right mm-hmm. so it's like a also like a meditation on aging right and like mm-hmm. the body falling apart right. and you know yeah. which i think is interesting because as you get older and your brain changes, you know, like trauma can do this to your brain too at any age. But, you know, like you do kind of get unstuck in time, sort of like the machinery of your brain does mm-hmm. kind of sometimes forget like when yeah. and like when you are in yeah. time, basically. Yeah. Um, and the movie captures that kind of like uncanny, right? kind of sick feeling of, you know, not um, like are you you're moving in we're, we're moving into the future with these characters but mm-hmm. it, we're also kind of going into the past with them it's definitely as well. like glitching you know? and like stuck yeah and, yeah. yeah and the tony collette think, um, and <clears throat> d- yeah tony collette and david thulis by the way um th- this this whole port the portion of the movie that like kind of meditates on his aging parents yeah and gets like sidetracked mm-hmm. like he's like he's really frustrated like he really resents his parents like he does have kind of like the yeah. like uh, sort of like white suburban resentment for his parents. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. feel any responsibility towards them. Right, right, He's like, right. he resents that they get old and he has to take care of them or yeah. look after them. Uh, yeah. Um, and like L- Lucy is there, his fake girlfriend is there to sort of like mm-hmm. kind of console him through it mm-hmm. or maybe kind of like urge some tenderness. Yeah. But uh, that whole portion of the movie is, uh, kind of feels like a stage production, right? Which mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, he talks about musicals. He really likes musicals. The school that he's a janitor at puts mm-hmm. on Oklahoma every year. He's seen it a lot. So Oklahoma is something that comes up repeatedly. Right. So this whole portion is like shot like a stage play, which I like. I appreciated that kind mm-hmm. of like this is a movie mm-hmm. about a story. And in this story, there's a stage play going so, on, right? I actually fucking loved that. So, yeah, like, yeah. so it's uh, I, that was my favorite aspect as well. Right. Uh, yeah, right. And this was like my favorite section of the film. Yeah. Right. Oh, and I oh, and I wanted to say too, David Thewlis and Tony Collette like go through like several different like prostheses, yeah. like for prosthe- pro- um, uh, prosthetics. Yeah, prosthetics <laughs> for like their aging, right? Um, and a lot of people just kind of like act the same, but they get the old makeup put on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But like they like really inhabit, like they do it like a really good job. David oh, Thewlis yeah. especially. The, which like, is like yeah. the contrast at the end uh-huh. in the Beautiful Mind scene when they're putting yeah. on the like goofy, like high school stage makeup, uh, like old yeah. people stage makeup. Uh-huh. was like, okay. Yeah. But like the theater of the mind shit uh, that was like so beautifully displayed is like, I don't know about y'all, but like when I imagine things in my head, it is very like uh, singular, like one man theater kind of things. And it 
I, I don't know, like you want so there's so much like pressure and drama to it in your head, but really it's just a high school play. It's really just like this amateurish mm -hmm. kind of playing out of uh, scenarios that you kind of are just doing a caricature of. And yeah. so like, so I don't know, it felt like yeah. very like claustrophobic and sad, yeah. but like in a very real way. Uh -huh. And I dug that a lot. But. Yeah. So a lot of that kind of comes from like the tension of like, the movie doesn't let you forget that you're also kind of seeing the movie through oh, yeah. like Lucy's eyes. Right. Mm -hmm. So you are essentially just this woman who's only been dating a guy for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and then you go to visit his parents and all this shit happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that's the, like maintains some of the tension and there's like kind of some horror elements as she starts to figure out that like, yeah, because she she's kind of realizes dying too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Score during oh. this section is amazing. In my opinion, there's like a portion of the score where there's like a sustained string note in the background that you don't you almost don't mm -hmm. even notice um so i don't know whoever whoever did the scoring on the film i think did a great job and it's really effective during this portion of the film oh yeah yeah so she kind of discovered so like the as a viewer you kind of like uh uncover like some inconsistencies about the lucy character and some inconsistencies about the jesse plemons character mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and then and, and so when they finally leave his house and they leave his parents behind he wants to stop at the high school. Basically, there are so many portions. There are so many segments of this yeah, movie. Yeah, and sometimes it's just like I'm like, what? Ugh, What's happening? Fuck, What's like really long, <laughs> winding, like just like pulling your intestines out. Uh, like, you know, you're it, like where it, does it end? Yeah. Also, like, the red herring of him being like a sexual predator, and like you, like you don't before you realize that this is just his brain playing yeah. out like these last minute things. You kind of think that he's a serial killer, and he's just dragging her out. Yeah. to uh the school to like murder uh and then you're like what the fuck but it, it it's weird uh, i thought that was a weird kind of angle to put that on um because the rest of it yeah. is just like natural horror without having to add that element to it yeah. like like actually dying actually aging actually uh not living yeah. up to your full potential in life those those things are terrifying you don't need to i don't know yeah but you know it's it's part of the mystery of the thing i guess but yeah. um Oh, very, did you? The movie starts to get very psychoanalytical. Oh my god, did you like cringe or like? It, it was kind of painful for me when um, they were stuck at the school parking lot, and uh, she keeps asking to go home. She's like, "I really need to go home. I need to. I need yeah. to fucking go home." Yeah, I gotta work tomorrow. Yeah. I gotta write a yeah. paper. Right? I gotta. Yeah, yeah. Changing, I gotta yeah. go. Uh, and then he like is trying to keep her there by like trying to get her to bone in this cold ass car and abandoned that parking lot. Worse, that scene is even worse mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hate Terrible. That. Like in the movie too, it also made me cringe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so I guess my, my, so but they get to the high school, right? And that's mm -hmm. when you realize that the janitor character and the Jesse Plemons character are kind um, of like the same, oh, man. the same person, right? The part where she and, realizes who she is and she like is going to die. Like she's yeah. just crying. And it's like, Oh God, this is, yeah. this is good. This is yeah. Great. That was good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it turns out this dude just met, just has an image of this woman in particular because he saw her once somewhere mm -hmm. and like maybe tried to talk to her and maybe didn't, yeah. but it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's sad. Yeah. And like I, all these years later, he's still like just thinking about this. But there's this scene in the high school where there are like three dancers mm -hmm. that represent the girlfriend character, Lucy, and then Jesse Plemons, and then the janitor character. Yeah, yeah. That's like a really gorgeous. It's like shot differently. Mm -hmm. It's just like a extended dance sequence. Right. That yeah. is like really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. 
and he, ca- he the janitor guy cast himself as the bad guy, which at that point I was so tired of that. I'm like, okay, you don't like yourself very well. You mm-hmm. haven't like just you're insecure about your mm-hmm. you're insecure about having sex. You're insecure about relationships. Mm-hmm. You feel gross and undesirable, and yeah. you have lots of hangups about death and aging. And um, yeah. I was just kind of over it by that point. Like right. yeah. the movie kind of really like yeah but, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. yeah. Okay, so like one of the one of the worst things uh like I've noticed is in a, in like a lot of things uh is the wasted potential of a thing. So like um his character is supposed to be supremely smart and like very talented, very mm-hmm. uh, very sensitive. Uh, and he's supported by his mom uh, to do all these things, and then, but for some reason, he can ne- like he's got some social anxiety, he's got some other stuff that he's never able to really work through, and he just doesn't bloom. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't use that potential or choose to move forward and uh, do anything. But he separates himself into thinking, oh, but I could, oh, but I could be this person, or I have it in me to do it. But um, and it almost like. You know, like when you don't, you don't try out, but you can say, uh, but like you're almost a, like, uh, you put yourself on a pedestal or it's almost pretentious to be like, I could do these things, but I won't. Uh, or like, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, you've never, you've never tested yourself. And then you finally like separating yourself from that hurt and rejection of failure. And then you finally get to the end. You finally get to where all of your potential has withered away and you are just, a husk of a flower that is about to fall. And it's just the saddest, scariest thing in the world because it's like your time's done. You spent it. You're gone. All your potential was for nothing. Uh, So good job, I guess. (laughs) But I don't know. So um, I always thought, like, that is a cool, natural, horrifying angle because I think everybody reaches that at some point. Like in your life, one way or another, uh, and this is just like an extreme situation where like he gets to the end, he gets to like this very like very broken road, and he finally realizes that he's got nothing left. I mean, he could, he could actually decide. All right, I want to, I want to go do shit now, because um, he's like what in his seventies, sixties, seventies by mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You could, he could, but then he doesn't. He, yeah. uh, he, you know, does the paradoxical undressing and he freezes in his car. Yeah. And I feel like that's pretty consistent with his character, like, as as he's led his life. It's like, you, mm. you, just, you just gave up. And so, like, that's the worst part for me. That's the worst part for me. It's like, you have this intense, uh, like, mental acuity. You're able to uh, form this whole scenario. You're able to, like put together this whole person that feels almost real. She feels almost real, like insufferable, mm-hmm. but real. And <laughs> like, yeah. And, but yeah. She, yeah. 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 Maybe you, maybe this dude is alone and never had a girlfriend because he just conceptualized women as like kind of bitchy and duplicitous. Mm-hmm. No, I think it actually, I think it's more, I think like a, the movie does such a great job of illustrating it because I think, he uses media to cope with and understand the world and he's like structured and based uh, all of his understanding of reality on, on falsehoods on like on uh, 
almost like a Plato's cave. Like he's mm-hmm. only watched the shadows mm-hmm. on the wall and that's his reality, but he's never turned around and like taken part in life. Right. Right. Yeah. Which, which that's like a big kind of Charlie Kaufman trope from other things. It's sort of like the shy retiring guy, but like with like the rich interior life. So you um, could say but that it's this just kind of is like a little tired in this movie. I'm yeah. a little bit. Over I mean, it. you I'm could like, say it was a oh. really good like pairing between mm-hmm. director and material though. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like that, that is what this book is about. And like Charlie Kaufman does this really well. So yeah. like, you know, um, but anyway, Ashley, yeah. darling, um, what do you, uh, what's up with that book? What's up with that book comparatively? Uh, so, I mean, that was actually, that was actually like kind of a, I was looking for the exact quote, but I'm mm. of course can't find it. But there is this line that's repeated multiple times. I think it might even be in italics toward the end mm-hmm. where it's like uh, thoughts are more true than reality mm-hmm. is like one of, like one of the, the kind of ethos of, of Jake's philosophy. You know, he says he makes this observation like, it's once something is thought, well, that's kind of, you know, the opening line, like I'm thinking of ending things. Yeah. Uh, once the thought arrives, it sticks, it stays, it lingers. And yeah. that's, you know, the yeah. narrative in the book or in the movie also, but like, you know, it's this idea about like, yeah, our thoughts, our internal life, um, like him, they can be more real mm-hmm. because you can think anything and do anything, but in real life you're constrained by social expectations or even your own, you know, your social anxiety or, Right. Your family or where you grew up, you know, he feels, he feels constrained by all these things. And, you know, obviously like we as, you know, the outside observers and, and it's, you know, throughout the book, you do get outside observers commenting on his suicide and some of right. them are really empathetic and some of them are really unkind. Like yeah. uh, at one point, two characters have a conversation where they say essentially, um, mm-hmm. well, you know, it just says there was something wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with us. Right, know? right. <laughs> Um, right. Things in your head taken out, like in context, out into reality, like put into action are, I don't know. It's almost like putting on a cosplay. Like, it's like, oh, uh, this is something that, uh, I've built and it looks so good in my head and it makes so much sense. And then you bring it out into the world and it's almost too goofy. Like, it's almost like, oh, I see all the glue lines and, oh, my seams don't look great. And, uh, and then, uh, and that's why you like put a slight blur filter on it and it's all fine. <laughs> it's all good. You know, that's why you, that's you why know, you, that's why you have Charlie Kaufman. Uh, clean it up. Yeah. Clean it up. Clean it up. Oh, but man. Put conduct angles on it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, so I guess like, um, I, so I saw the movie first. And so I think I did kind of maybe the experience of the book wasn't as fresh for me as it would have been for someone who otherwise didn't know mm-hmm. what the twist was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I did still enjoy the the book. Um, I, I liked the writing well enough. Uh, I thought it was pretty ambitious for like a debut novel. Like I was like, oh, holy no, absolutely. shit. Yeah. Um, and it's written in a very like unique voice, mm-hmm. uh, even if sometimes... Like I did find that the editor could have taken out a few like unusual and unusually. Like, oh, this <laughs> oh. is so unusual. Yeah. At one point, I literally, I like, it gave me whiplash because it, like, I think he used some form of it like four times in two paragraphs, <laughs> and I was like, okay, but this is not how you build tension. Is by telling me that this is really weird. Ooh, it's creepy. You have to stop pointing out that this is weird or unusual behavior. Right. <laughs> like, Wait, how long is the book? It's really short. Yeah, it's um, it's like two fifty, three hundred pages, something. Um, yeah, it's, 
yeah. like a four hour read. Yeah, I would say. Oh, not bad. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. It also like um, so sh- I mean, short shy of just maybe needing just a little more cleanup. I thought the writing was really engaging. Um, he uses mm-hmm. really short sentences and really like quick observations. A lot of it is just musing on the relationship between people um, and -hmm. even like relationships to yourself. Mm -hmm. It does take much like the movie. It does take a long time to get going um, in the first act. Yeah. Uh, I think they spent 80 pages out of the 200 in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like in the movie, um, it's what is it all together? It's like 40 minutes uh, of Mm -hmm. just being in the fucking car. And Mm -hmm. it's Which is about the same. Yeah. Like like if you, if you, if you did the percentage of runtime of car time in the movie to car time in book, it's about the same. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't, it, it is a little more engaging when you're watching like two actors who like, yeah, cre- are decent actors like delivering these lines versus just like reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the performances in the movie are very good. Yeah. If you know, if I have complaints about sort of like the spirit of the movie being yeah. kind of like tired or like mean spirited, yeah. um, you know, the it's very well. The yeah, performances like, are great. Yeah, the execution's yeah. cool. It's mm-hmm. just the concept yeah. is maybe. Um, yeah, I thought that um, like Jesse Plemons being cast for that was interesting because his description in the book is very like. He's every overintelligent, uh, like, nerd dude I've ever met in high school, mm-hmm. you know? Like, a tall, skinny, long black hair, glasses, mm-hmm. like, vaguely attractive, uh, but not really, uh, you know? Like, it just, yeah. Vaguely attractive, but not handsome. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I did like the, Jess- I, did- I love Jesse Plumman, so I was like, cool, 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 cool. But, like, I don't know. His character in the I was book. Okay. I was, yeah, I was. It was kind of the first time he was described in the book. I was like, oh, oh well, okay, we gotta rearrange that mm. imagining. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, which is fine. That's not like a huge deal. I don't no. need my casting to be super. Uh, no, because the spirit was there. Like the yeah, the very like halting, very shy, very like. Uh, I, would say, I would say in the book, um, his character is much more pretentious, and mm-hmm. I would say he imagines the girlfriend character smart, but just a little less smart than him. Right, uh, right. Like, oh, the first chapter ends with him like using a big word, and it's like. I didn't ask him what the word was. I looked it up later, and then I laughed. Right, right. She also makes that observation. She's like, "He seems men usually like it when you when you don't uh, when you uh, you tell them that you don't know how to do a thing or that they can explain it to you." I'm like, "Oh fuck!" fuck. I feel like I feel like I would have. I feel like I that I would have like been way more grossed out by that moment if I didn't, or or maybe I was. I don't know how to describe, but because I already knew she was basically like a tulpa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, "Oh, this is like his, like you, his making of her." Do you Which th- is, I actually think? Trump, I guess, like you were saying, it is a really, it's a really like ambitious first novel, right? Because I think so often a male author writing a female like first person perspective is going to get accused of like you know r slash men writing women. Yeah, yeah. But, but he's like he's so hyper aware of it. He literally has. He's literally writing from the perspective of a male character writing a woman. I know that's and, and what, he does a pretty decent job. That's Her the weirdest. Were like Spanish doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> laying on the bottom of the ocean hard gold covered in sand <laughs> that's the thing that's what I was like okay do you think he she did she had a waist like a deli counter do you think that he... <laughs> fuck 
Uh, do you think that he knew, like, do you think that he knew that he wasn't going to be able to, like, write this woman uh, in any kind of relatable way to an actual woman? And he was like, oh, I'll just put a male lens on it. And then he went from there. Or do you think he, like, came up with this concept and was like, I will, uh, oh, yes, I'm going to fully flesh her out. Like, do you do you think he knew how fucking cringy he was being with her? I, like, I'm really curious. Is, I don't find it 100% cringe. I think she is not, you know, she's not maybe like you were kind of saying of the character in the movie. She's like almost passes the turning yeah. You know? ah, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, she, like she reads as an almost like relatable woman but then like she's you know all these weird things are happening yeah uh but i don't i didn't find her like unbelievable i think if he wanted to write a first person pov female character who wasn't Mm -hmm. uh the imaginings of a crazy old dude uh well crazy that might be a harsh that might be a harsh word Uh, a depressed a depressed unrealized person yes um but uh i think if he if he if he went if he made the effort sincerely, I think he would probably succeed. Yeah, I think okay. Especially now that he's got a couple books under his belt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, do you think? Uh, you know what? I think you're right that she's she herself is not that bad. It's just like maybe what I cringe at is her interactions with him. You know, like their dynamic, their uh, her like treatment of him, and then her treatment of herself with him is super weird to me um which like i think that's kind of the point in, in, any, specific, like, in any specific way because oh just um uh, i mean like, i think like yes i would agree i think maybe it's just pervasive yeah yeah i mean like uh example first uh first chapter where uh she's like oh he would like uh I mean, men seem to like it when uh you let them explain things to you uh so mm-hmm. i i told him specifically that i didn't know what it was and it's like i mean cool admit that you don't know what a word is obviously but like uh, the fact that you recognize that and like you're kind of leaning into it i I don't actually, know. I actually, um, so I used to, I used to be guilty of being the kind of person who would use big words and not fully know what they meant because, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of us have been there. Yeah, totally. Uh, and now, and now I actually, if somebody says a word, I don't know what it means. I take great pleasure in asking them to explain it and then watching them like have to Google it. Ah, yeah. Cause you like to, you're like, mm, I know, I know you probably don't know <laughs> what it means either. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. I've definitely used a couple words like that. Like, uh, prostrate uh, was one that I had a good time with. <laughs> My partner was like, "You don't, you don't. That the, that word doesn't mean what you think it means." Um, so, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, regardless, yeah, I think there's um because we just to touch back. I wanted to say this earlier when we were talking about the mother character in the movie, um, but I wanted to save it for this portion of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that. I was skimming through it this morning, uh, and I think there's kind of a subtle implication that there might have been, like, an abusive relationship between the mother and the son. Okay. okay. Or something weird happened with their relationship. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so there's a, lot of, there's a lot of talk in the book of um, the main character, the girl, who's never actually really named, uh, biting her nails. Like, she has, like, that body repetitive disorder. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, talk of body repetitive disorders. So she bites her nails. Um, the mother and also the janitor um, slash Jake mm-hmm. uh, have trichotillomania, the one where you pull out your hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, and then also like when she, so in the book, she actually goes down in the basement and it's kind of like this like mind palace sort of thing Mm -hmm. where it's like his deepest, darkest spot. Mm -hmm. And she sees a painting on an easel and it's like of a woman and it makes a point to mention her very long nails that seem to be growing like multiple times. And there's a child in the painting and it's super creepy. Mm -hmm. And there's just a few lines that I think like, the relationship between Jake and the mother in the book is there's something a little sinister about it. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, everything is vaguely a little sinister. vaguely yeah. sinister. And I don't know what's a red herring or not, because like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when they allude to him maybe creeping on the girls and, the, and like, every, like, was that actually what, like, how was, he, was he just being like really hard on himself? Yeah. Was he worried? Was that like, was he worried that, that that would be the perception of himself if he ever like made an attempt to, right, to right. like talk to somebody or like make a move or anything? Yeah, or yeah. Was he actually plus like you know? everything? Or, yeah, or like yeah, did his did he did his resentment toward his mother like manifest in this way? Well, and and again, like I'm not gonna be able to find the direct quote, but mm-hmm. the book mentions multiple times Jake talking about this idea of like illusions and how like understanding something is like 80% attention and and 20% illusion. And it's like the Mm -hmm. blending of the two that creates a perfect story or a perfect understanding. Oh God. What no pussy does to a Uh, MF. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, yeah. Essentially like when you like the book is basically predicated on all the chapters that are being told from the girl's point of view are Mm -hmm. actually part of the suicide note that Jake left. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. And so. So, yeah and like everything is perception like uh d- mm-hmm. I-, I don't know like you uh you well, the, the last character to speak actually says we don't know what's true and we don't know what's not yes. you know like yeah. and someone, someone says like does it give a reason why he killed himself and they're like kind of i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right exactly like you don't really know i don't know you've built all these things up in your head uh, like memory is a tool for pattern recognition to be able to move through things and then those get warped by current perception and then like you're moving through with these like just these heavy lenses and it's almost hard to see clearly or even understand what is actually happening around you and doesn't matter what's happening outside of you if you can't I don't know if well, you can't I take mean, it in. Because, like, I mean I, I in a weird roundabout way I do kind of in in some regard mm-hmm. agree that we do create our own reality and it is a combination of our experiences, our internal and external experiences, Mm -hmm. our relationship to ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. But I think like what Jake is missing and what he doesn't understand and what leads to him ending his life is not understanding that like reality is also built by like how others perceive you and what you contribute to the world and taking action and being a part of it. Right. Right. Um, That's the goal anyway. And I think like, again, the movie does capture those themes, even though it does make some, it makes some pretty big changes. I think overall it pretty much captures the spirit of the novel. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. There's a lot of really, uh, almost indefinable things. And I think it's, um, I love when people try to tackle like these uh, indelible truths, like these things Mm. that are so nebulous uh, that you almost don't have words for them. And like, it's almost kind of scary to name them or at least try to talk them through. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I like, I like the ambition on both sides really. Cause like Charlie Kaufman really uh, takes a lot of these concepts and I like, honestly, the internal Sunshine, uh, Eternal Sunshine director is probably the only one that I could think of even possibly trying to do this. And, 
And this dude, this just random dude for his debut novel, uh, took in a bunch of like really like insane concepts, like all these things that just play in the back of your head that you never, I don't know, like the whole uh, having all these people talk about Jake at, like after he's died uh, in almost like a fishbowl kind of like um, through mm-hmm. water kind of perception. It's like that is real. That is something mm-hmm. that is something that happens. Like if your internal mm-hmm. internal monologue is so vivid that you cannot even see past it, like everything else is almost underwater. Everything else is almost like through a filter that doesn't can't reach you. And that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's the problem that led to him wanting to leave in the first place. But oh, the, the the book death is way more violent than the movie death. Oh. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh anyway, that's I mean that's I, I kind of gotta say that's all my thoughts on it like go i really liked the movie i really mm-hmm. enjoyed reading the book i'm glad it wasn't much longer than it was oh yeah <laughs> i yeah. think it's the perfect link yeah for exactly what it is yeah. yeah uh but i would recommend it to i've i've read it twice now skimmed through it a third time um yeah. i enjoyed it yeah i kind of so, it kind of makes me want to read whatever it is else it is this author kind of comes up with because yeah, it's I think like he's got a second book okay out. I'm pretty sure. I think he also did a memoir, which I don't know how I feel about that one. But um, I'm not a big fan of memoirs. Me neither. Um, But (laughs) yeah, um, I would watch. I've been trying to watch the movie again because it does. It does kind of scratch that Charlie Kaufman itch for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I said, like upon like when I got to the end of it the first time, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, good riddance, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But now I'm kind of like uh, sort of interested in going back to it, kind of. But like, it's a lot about like I think. you know, there's like he gets compared visually in the movie to like dead livestock a lot. Yeah. Like you know, you kind of just I'm, like yeah, that's book you serve you serve your purpose or you get sick and then you just like yeah. are left out in the cold, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a uh, you know like Charlie Kaufman's like always been kind of hung up on like gender and sexuality and mm-hmm. relationships between like sort of like post-industrial end of history period mm-hmm. of time, right? Like what do kind of people in the heart of the empire do with each other when there's yeah. no like you know like when all you can, when, all, when you when you can go get like a writing MFA and mm-hmm. you know um, drink at the hipster bar every night yeah, like yeah. and fantasize about girls you never see like what yeah. do you you know yeah. like when your hobbies can be Oklahoma yeah, yeah right you right, know like what right. kind of life do you have like what kind of cultural identity yeah. do you have like in this frictionless mm-hmm. you know um, kind of empty world yeah. um, which is uh, it definitely he's getting more into that in I'm thinking of ending things too, which is a ro- which is a lot about like how like the kind of cultural identity for like mm-hmm. suburban rural white people, right? Doesn't include yeah. anything about like self maintenance. You know, we're like yeah. we're still just like instrumental, just like workers, basically like disposable livestock. Yeah, kind I mean, of. The, the whole allegory about yeah. the pig, I think, is a huge mm-hmm. thing. Like they yeah. rot, they rot yeah. from the inside out while still alive. Yeah, and you know, there's something to be said about you know, like why is aging so difficult in our society? You know, why is it so mm-hmm. hard to you know, why do we have, why are we so alienated from each other mm-hmm. that it's so difficult? I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but um. It's really funny to me yeah. that you mentioned like Charlie Kaufman being obsessed with like uh, like gender and dynamics within relationships because yeah. like he kind of created the iconic manic pixie dream girl yeah like which it just cracks me up like, yeah I don't know yeah there's like kind of like a like you're talking about what have you what have you wrought Charlie Kaufman <laughs> what, <laughs> what have, have you wrought, wrought? Um, yeah you know so you 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 mentioned at least like how this kind of like tackles like some of like the big things right yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so like this movie kind of 
Charlie Kaufman has like kind of this like 20th century literature vibe about him a yeah, lot because he's always yeah. like he's he's always yeah. he's always taught like how do we talk about men talking about women like yeah. what do we talk about when we like some like Raven like Raymond Carver type yeah, like yeah. John Updike kind of mm-hmm. kind of shit right yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the like cutesy quirky surrealist version of mm-hmm. that yeah so that's nice but also like I don't have time for I don't have I like I don't have time for people's like nameless <laughs> grief right they're like you know privileged sadness you know like right. I want to I want I want people to I want to imagine the future so, so successful happy and people connected and that yeah you know, that is the goal you know like so like, it doesn't have to be this way is yeah. what I want to tell Charlie Kaufman like, <laughs> dude it doesn't have to be like this like it doesn't have to be like this like do go you, like go kiss a dude go wear a yeah, dress dude yeah, like you can do those things be like, happy. yeah like yeah. you know to quote to quote, to quote uh, singer songwriter Ani DeFranco all of this was just someone else's idea it could just as well be mine yeah, damn, yeah, damn yeah. girl, oh, well damn. Said. Yeah, well said. Damn girl, oh, we damn. love Ani DeFranco. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we fucking do. Uh-oh. Okay, all right. I think that's yeah. a good note for us there. Yeah. Um, wait, wait, wait. We should I'm all so do... Glad we talked about, I'm so glad we talked about all this because uh, yeah. it was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm glad we finally got around to it. We've been trying to do this for a while. <laughs> Let's do... <laughs> Don't okay. tell the audience. <laughs> Let's do... Okay, Ashley. Yeah. Um, mm. You are a novelist. You mm. are describing the male main character's <laughs> love interests. Mm. Um... You have one paragraph. Go. Go. Oh, no. Don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> she, she was spunky and never brushed her hair. Uh, her toenails were always dirty. <laughs> like and she walked her underwear. Oh, <laughs> like she walked barefoot in the rain. Uh, like she knew how to feel the earth beneath her feet. Yeah. Um, Zach. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Do you have one? Uh uh, but he's like not. Nah. <laughs> uh, Judy, do you have one? Um, yes, she was. Mm-hmm. She was long and lean, like saltwater taffy. <laughs> she, 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 she dressed like she cared, but not too much. <laughs> um, her vagina was like a space age juice bar. Oh, <laughs> fresh <laughs> and cosmic. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I've got one more. I've got one more. Um. So, uh, when I first met her, she was sitting at the bar drinking, <laughs> drinking at a, uh, a Manhattan and reading, uh, The Infinite Jest. I knew then. <laughs> I knew them. Uh, with her glasses tinted uh, and tilted down to the edge of her nose, uh, with her turtleneck rucked up with uh, just the hole in the one and the shorts uh, hiked up real high, those combat boots I knew could step on me and kick me. Uh, and I knew I... Uh, it's getting to be a real Ernst Klein hours. Okay, but I feel like the op- but I feel like the alternative to that, yeah, right, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. Uh, she was sitting on the patio at the, at the sports bar cheering for the Cubs game. Ooh, she had... Ooh. She had Miller. She had a Miller light stain on her, <laughs> on her, uh, on her white snake T-shirt, um, and she didn't have a purse. And she didn't. She never. <laughs> I like to. I like to imagine all these women are friends. Oh and yeah. At least two yeah. of them, and at least two of them are dating. I hope so. Oh, yeah, I yeah, hope so for their yeah, sake. Me too. Yeah. Uh, not like other girls. All right. Uh, we <laughs> love y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, please check us out at the Rendition Pod on uh, Instagram. You'll see my goofy ass fan art for each of our movies. Um, That's really nice. Thank you. Uh, and uh, you can definitely follow Judy on Twitter. They've got some uh, amazing insights. 
insights on a million different things, not just our podcast. So uh, what was that? Uh, what was that handle? Oh, at Rude Jude Brown. At Rude Jude Brown. Um, and Ashley is a nebulous being and you cannot uh, find her you anywhere. You can't me. No, I don't exist. No, she, uh, she's our ghost this in the show. Nearly, this is merely me projecting um, sounds. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, at a frequency that your tiny human ears can comprehend. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, be praised. Oh my, heart. oh my God. Yes. Uh, like uh, kiss the ground she walks on. Anyway, okay. We love you all very much. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.